What is going on, guys? Welcome to episode 28 of No One's Ready for Wrestling for your Saturday AEW All Out Royal Quest NXT UK Takeover Cardiff Saturday. I'm recording this on Friday for the new listeners out there, so just to give you the heads up. And we are spoiled with wrestling, and I love it. I am your host, the one, the only Phoenix that rises from the ashes, Shino Phoenix here, and I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. We got a, a lot to go over. I did go to Monday Night Raw live, so I'll talk about my live experience on the podcast. And um, we got a couple of news, some minor, some major, but... Uh, just want to give you guys the best I can because there's really not much going into Saturday since we got a lot of wrestling on that day. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at Shino D Phoenix. You guys are absolutely killing it, and I really appreciate the follows. I can't, I'm I'm just so happy that we managed to hit it before we reach September to reach 1,000. That that really means a lot to me. So I want to thank you guys for that. So, like, just follow me on Twitter. I will be live tweeting for NXT UK TakeOver, AEW All Out. Like, if I could get a Royal Quest, I might live tweet for that. But who do I know? Uh, follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. Like the Facebook page. And uh, I want to start off, like... Now AEW related, I want to start with uh, Wildcat. I will be attending uh, the Revolution Rumble, so I'm giving them a little shout out. I'm giving them a shout out right here in this podcast anyway because I've been supporting them for a very, very long time. They're doing the Revolution Rumble, for those who don't know, in uh, the Pontchartrain Center in Kenner, Louisiana. And it's on November 3rd, and I believe we are currently close to selling out VIP tickets for... uh, for that show. Also, on Wednesday, they made this announcement. Now, for those who don't know, Ring of Honor will be coming to New Orleans to do Glory by Honor. And Wildcat made this announcement. Wildcat Sports is happy to announce that we are teaming up to bring Ring and Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor back to New Orleans on Saturday, October 12th. All tickets information is linked below. Get ready to see some of your favorite Wildcat stars and Ring of Honor stars go head to head. And I just said, I have to be there. I have to be there. It's a must for me because, look, on my bucket list, I said I want to go to a Ring of Honor show. So, looks like that's going to be scratched out immediately. And with that out of the way, so let's get right into the news. I There's a couple of news coming into AEW just I know there's news coming out of StarCast, but uh, let's just go over the minor details. Like, I'm not going to talk about the StarCast one, but let's go over the minor details. AEW's plan for TNT's commentary team revealed, and this is something that I was really happy to hear. So, this is what you're going to hear. AEW is putting the finishing touches on their announced team before the big TNT debut on October 2nd. All Out is... Of course, tomorrow or this Saturday, if you're listening to it on on Saturday. But a lot of fans are more interested in what the company's product will look like on a weekly basis. Uncle Dave Meltzer explained during Wrestling Observer Radio that the press release AEW sent out was a bit misleading. As as Ringside News previously reported, uh, it appears by by the press that Tony Schiavone will be on the commentary table each now every week. 
that is not the case, but they're narrowing down their decision about the about that team. Meltzer said, and I quote, <clears throat> the announced team and everything being worked out right now, things are in a state of flux. The announced team that they're going with as far as these guys doing these shows are Jim Ross, Golden Boy, and Excalibur. Now that is what I call a commentary team. Golden Boy did a fantastic job at Fighter Fest. Like, I thought it was better than having Alex Marvez. No no disrespect. Sorry, Alex Marvez, but I just didn't think your the commentary role wasn't good enough for you. So I'm Tony Schiavone will not be at the pay-per-view, but he will be there on most Wednesdays because Schiavone has a lot has got a lot of things he's doing. University of Georgia football, he's doing MLW, he's doing other sports. He's doing the Greenwich Stripers, which is a triple A team for the Atlanta Braves. He's got a lot of stuff going. Shivani will be doing a lot of producing. He will be doing on-air stuff. You know, maybe backstage there will be times when he will do play-by-play. There may be times when they cycle people in and out, but the team they're going for with is the team for Fighter Fest. I mean, that's the mentality that they've got. Shivani might sit at sit in at times. Alex Marvez will be at the pay-per-view. He's going to be doing backstage stuff and maybe packages and things like that. So that's how it's all, all kind of working out right now. And I'm glad that this is the best uh that this is the best way to go for your commentary team because like I said, the commentary team at Fighter Fest was really really better than what we seen at du- what we heard at Double or Nothing and at Fight for the Fallen. So my I think this is great. Golden Boy is going to do a fantastic job and good on AEW cuz they know that it, they know because they got a lot of cri- they got a lot of critics about how the commentary team was not good. So thankfully they worked this out. And I want to talk now moving on I do want to talk about this Kenny Omega. He will be returning to DDT Pro Wrestling on uh November 3rd. He will be teaming with, up with Riho to take on Miyu Yamashita and Antonio Honda. This is really, this is great. This is great. Now, this is, I don't know how long he hasn't been wrestling in DDT for a while, but this is a huge, huge moment for uh, DDT Pro. And to team up with Riho and facing on Miyu Yamashita, who I have been a big fan of in that DDT promotion. And... Antonio Honda, I think this is great. This is really great. So, luckily, I am a paid subscriber to DDT. I can't wait to see that. And if I can, I'll talk about that match on the podcast. So, we're just going to have to wait and see. Conrad Thompson reveals the fate of CM Punk and AEW's all-out pay-per-view. The person behind StarCast 3, Conrad Thompson, looks forward to having CM Punk at his events. But says don't. But he said has don't to expect him at a. I don't know who is writing this, but your grammar. But the grammar is terrible. <laughs> but says don't expect him to be at all. All out. There we go. Now I fixed it. The promoter of the uber popular Starcast event talked about the process of landing Punk and how huge it was for the group after trying to land names like Ric Flair and The Undertaker, but things didn't work out. <coughs> WWE, <coughs> WWE. Thompson wasn't sure a deal was. Well, The Undertaker was mostly because of WWE. Ric Flair was the health-related issue. That's why. 
Um, but thankfully, that got taken care of. Thompson wasn't sure a deal was going to come together with a punk, with punk either until a series of quick emails changed things. Thompson explained, and I quote, I got his email address and we exchanged a few emails over the course of several months when it seemed like no deal would come together. Very quickly, one did. Uh, Thompson added that he was thrilled to have CM Punk dusting off and that anything that involves Punk these days will get people interested, especially if the event has anything to do with wrestling. Uh, and by the way, um, they did this promo, which I saw. CM Punk was getting back in the ring. He was shaping up his ring rust, which got many people speculating that, oh, he's going to appear at AEW. He's going to appear at AEW. Believe me, he's going to appear at All Out. <sighs> now, Thompson did not want to stress the signing, but that signing Punk to appear in StarCast does not have anything to do with AEW. This is not a piggyback booking. I did not book CM Punk through AEW. He is not going to be at All Out. Knowing people are still likely to make that connection, anyone that anyone having that expectation is probably going to be disappointed. Now, my take on this, I still stand on this. The only person who could convince Punk to come back to pro wrestling is Phil Brooks. I'm like a broken record when I say this. And, like, the thing about CM Punk, if he wants to come back, like, if, if they somehow get... Like, if they somehow get CM Punk in AEW to appear in All Out this Saturday, then everyone could... The internet will break. Twitter will be losing their mind. Everybody will be making YouTube videos about CM Punk making an appearance at All Out. But if he's not going to appear, squash the rumor, he's not going to appear, okay? Like, I'm still standing by this. I don't think CM Punk is going to make an appearance. Do I think he's going to be there in some capacity? Maybe. I was going to say yes, but maybe. But I just don't see CM Punk coming to AEW. Like, when the man said he's done with wrestling, he, let, let the dude be. Like, if he wants to get back, the only person, like I said, will convince him is Phil Brooks himself. So, like I said, it it is a big talk. It is a big talk. But I don't see him returning to rest in a wrestling standpoint when it's AEW. Now, if it's commentary, I think that would be the big get. And if he's gonna do a commentary role, and I I think he and I know people say he does a good job on commentary, so it's a wait and see dynamic. It is a wait and see dynamic. I I don't think like like I said, I don't think he he'll be uh showing up and uh. In some capacity in AEW. It like it's a wait and see game. That's all I'm gonna say on that. All Elite Wrestling will be holding another pay-per-view before the end of this year. With AEW's next pay-per-view event all out quickly approaching, which it is tomorrow, by the way, on Friday, but on Saturday is today or tonight. There has been some speculation as to whether the promotion will hold a fourth show this year. Dave Meltzer reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the, that the next pay-per-view will likely happen this November. The, and the promotion would most likely make the announcement during All Out. AEW holds the All Out pay-per-view event at Saturday, August 31st in the Sears Center in Chicago. With the scheduled match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley being pulled 
from All Out due to Moxley dealing with the MRSA, one has to wonder whether this match is saved for the final pay-per-view event. Which likely it will. <clears throat> Sorry. Which likely it will. Um, or an episode of AEW's weekly television show on TNT. AEW's television deal with TNT kicks off on Wednesday, October 2nd from the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Now, I expect the announcement to happen. Now, whether... Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, what the match card might be. I'm just excited for what AEW has in store for us on a November if that pay-per-view is confirmed. So, like, I can't wait. This is going to be good. And we're proud to be a wrestling fan. Moving on, some New Japan news. Oh, and Like, before um, I talk about that, I did see the uh, last match they added between for that all-out show, that six-man tag that I didn't talk about in the last episode. But uh, it's Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt versus SCU. If you want my quick predictions on that match, I'm going with uh, Lucha Boy, Jungle... <laughs> Lucha Boy, what the hell am I saying? Well... Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt to uh, pick up the win. <laughs> anyway, moving along. Kane Vallet. I don't know if I pronounced his last name wrong, so I apologize, but I'm just going to call him Kane. No, no, not the Red Demon. Reportedly in talk, talking to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kane Velasquez. I don't know if I apologize if I pronounced it right. Uh, surprised a lot of people with his pro wrestling debut at Triple Mania, which I watched, and he did a really good job. I think he did a really good job in that ring. Uh, and now he might want to expose himself to a different style after tackling Lucha Libre. Mark Ramondi reports that the former UFC fighter was at the New Japan Super J Cup in San Francisco, but he wasn't just there as a fan. In fact, it was reported that he had informal meetings with New Japan officials. Now, he said, and I quote, Kane is at the New Japan Super J-Cup show tonight in San Francisco. Sources say he'll be having an informal meeting with New Japan officials. Um, Velaquez is signed on for two more Lucha Libre AAA matches, but several other wrestling promotions have interest, per sources. Now, he does have two more matches scheduled for AAA, but after that, he could really go anywhere. It appears that Kane is certainly keeping his options open, and that includes mixing it up with some of the strongest styles in New Japan. Like, I'm going to say this, man. I'm going to say this. Like I said with Triple, Triple Mania, he did, a, he did a good job, and he still has a lot to learn, but if he's going to Japan, I, I, I expect him to get even better because... Like, he's mixing it up with everything. And I, I can't wait to see what this guy can do with uh, Suzuki, uh, Ishii. Kane versus Ishii. Take my money. Take my money. I want to see that match happen. A shingle Tagaki. A, a, many names I could think of. But th I think this is going to be great. I think this is going to be great. But, moving on. Now, this is just minor impact news. Why Killer Cross miss... Impact Wrestling's television tape, taping, um, simple. PW Insider reports that Killer Cross wasn't around the television tapings for Impact Wrestling. Simple reason to explain his absence, he apparently just wasn't booked. He, he wasn't injured, so there's nothing wrong with him physically. He was actually said to have been in Toronto on family business around the time Impact Wrestling held their tapings recently, but he wasn't called. 
So that's your reason why. Just minor right there. I don't know what they're doing with Killer Cross. It, I, I honestly think that he's been teasing about making a jump to AEW, but it's a wait-and-see approach because I don't know if they have any plans for him on Impact Wrestling. Just don't. Now, I want to now before I talk about some WWE news, I want to say congratulations to Peyton Royce and Sean Spears. They got married this week and uh hope for the next chapter in your lives. So, congratulations to both parties here. One in WWE, one in AEW. So, congratulations. And uh let's move on. WWE is allegedly Never giving another superstar release. I wonder why. Hmm. I wonder why. WWE is a company that can help a superstar gain a ton of exposure and everything can go great as long as Vince McMahon is on your side. While speaking of busted open radio, Chris Jericho discussed Sean Spears' situation and how he miraculously got his release from WWE. Of course, that's not happening anymore because WWE allegedly isn't given any more releases. Jericho Jericho stated, and I quote, <clears throat> Sorry, let me clear my throat. I don't know why Sean Spears sat on the sidelines for eight months. I don't know why a lot of guys sit on the sidelines for eight months. But you know how it works up north, brother. If you fall out of grace, you're finished being played with as Vince's toy. You get put in the corner. Thankfully, Sean got his release. He's the last one that will. Nobody will ever get their release from WWE again. Nobody. He got his release. Cody and him are friends. Cody knew what he was capable of. I knew what he was capable of. I championed to get him. The guy is a tremendous heel. He's an old school heel. He looks the part. Putting him with Tully Blanchard is the great idea. He's a main eventer. We're going to make him into a star just by putting him with Cody Rhodes. WWE. Now, that was unquote. WWE doesn't want to give anyone a release because they could end up helping the competition. The company let a couple of people go TJP, Hideo Watami. And, of course, Sean Spears, just to name a few. But they stopped that trend and have started tacking on extra time as well. So Ty Dillinger was a very lucky man when WWE let him go, which allowed him to become Sean Spears. You know, you know, let me just, I'm, I'm just going to say it right here. This, WWE is in panic mode. They're in panic mode because... When Moxley left and he went to AEW and he became more of a star than he ever did in his entire WWE career, like, I think that was when Vince is like, nope, I'm not releasing anyone else. But there's a, like, like I said, there's going to be another way. Like, they don't have to re-sign and they just have to do what they got to do. But, like, like I'm with Jericho on this. They're, they're not going to give anyone... A release because they don't want them to go to AEW. They don't want them to go to an Impact. They don't want them to go to New Japan. They don't want them to go anywhere. You're pretty much trapped in prison with Vince. Like, until things change, maybe. Like, I, I don't understand how you got so many talented people on that roster that you're not even utilizing. 
like names like Apollo Crews, EC3, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Alistair Black, who is still trapped in a fucking closet, the War Raiders, which are pretty much a dead tag team now. Oh, and I'll talk about that when we get when I give you my live experience on Monday Night Raw. But like Jericho said, you're not gonna they're not gonna release anyone. Like, they're going to attack time just to be petty. Like, look at Luke Harper, for example. Luke Harper wanted out of WWE, but Vince McMahon wanted to attack time on him because of a injury. And you know the real reason why. The real reason is because he doesn't want him to go to an AEW. Look at Dolph Ziggler, for an example. And both parties are to blame Dolph Ziggler for doing a handshake agreement and Vince McMahon for being a shitty businessman. So, like, you promised Dolph Ziggler that on the Raw after SummerSlam that he was done with pro wrestling. But you told him up front that, no, I want you to sit home, sit at home, and I'll pay you sitting at home. Who does business like that? I, I don't understand this. Vince McMahon is panicking. He's panicking because he doesn't want to see uh, other guys succeed. And it's clear as day. He doesn't want to see AEW succeeding. And he's making moves based on reactions. Clear as day. And you see it. Like, moving along. Moving along. Because I don't want to go on about this. Former WCW champion could be heading to WWE or AEW soon. Former WCW United States Cruiserweight and Hardcore Champion Lance Storm has a, a big decision to make. He closed up his uh, Lance Storm Wrestling Academy and he's preparing for a big transition. But we know one place Lance Storm isn't going, <clears throat> hence Impact Wrestling. PW Insider reports that Lance Storm is not headed to Impact Wrestling to become a full-time agent. That leaves the obvious door open for AEW or WWE. This is a very interesting turn of events because Storm had previously been working with Impact Wrestling. We'll just have to wait and see what happens next, but things could be getting very interesting as the battle of sign-up excellent staff and wrestling talent continues. Now, if you want me to ask, um, if you want me to give my answer, I, I'm honestly thinking he should go to AEW. Now, if he goes to AEW, that would be a smart move for him. Or if he goes to WWE, he could be a trainer at the Performance Center. So, it's a win-win for either promotion. Because, like, Lance Storm, he's been doing this for many years. And he could give wisdom to the younger talent if he's a trainer at either AEW or WWE. Now, I think this is a... I don't know where he goes, but wherever he goes, I think he's going to do well. If he's going to be a trainer, it's going to be at the PC in WWE. If he's going to be working with AEW backstage, that could work as well. Because he knows the business. And like I said, if like I said, if he's going to be at the PC, train new talent, give them advice. And that's pretty much it. And it, I don't see him working backstage with Vince McMahon. That would be hell. That would be so much hell on his side. So let's move on to that. AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, says his career will end after this contract no matter what happens. AJ Styles ended up in WWE after a long career and now he will end it under Vince McMahon's roof. While speaking to Chasing speaking to Lillian Garcia on Chasing Glory, AJ Styles was 100% positive that 
the most recent WWE contract he signed will be his last. He wants to retire and there's no convincing him to sign another one no matter what happens. AJ Styles said, and I quote, I had no doubt that you that you know this is what I was going to do for my career. It really was. And you couldn't have told me any different. And I can tell you that the contract I've signed here in WWE is my last. This is it for me. This is where I'm going to end my career no matter what happens. I got to, you know. I want to be there for my kids. AJ Styles didn't say anything about not signing a Legends contract which could keep him within the WWE Universe for decades to come. It would also keep royalty checks coming in from WWE. This isn't anything new. This isn't anything new, though, because he has stated in the past that he doesn't plan on signing a new contract that also rules out a possible AEW run if he sticks to his guns. Now, if AJ Styles wants to end his career in WWE, his entire wrestling career, that's good on him. Because, I mean, there's really there's really nothing else he can accomplish now. Um, well, except win the Universal Champion, and then he'll be... No, except win the Universal Champion, the Tag Team Champions, and the uh, Intercontinental Champion. Then he'll be a Grand Slam Champion right there. And Money in the Bank. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> and uh, something literally clicked in my brain, so I want to go back to that uh, not-released... Um, that WWE's not going to release anyone else... Because uh, something just literally clicked in my mind that I wanted to say. And I forgot to add it. But I'll say it anyway. Like, you got guys that you're not even using. And you're still paying them. Wasting your own money. Like, you got the colognes that you're not using. You should let them go. You got the Ascension you're not using. Let them go. Luke Harper, you're not even using him. Let him go. Some of the other talents that you're not even using. Let them go. Because you're wasting your own money. And you wonder, whoa, why are they not, uh, why am I wasting so much money? Like, it's like when my, it's like when someone tells you, be careful with how much you spend, be careful with your money, use it wisely. Pretty much that. So I just wanted to get that off my chest because that literally just clicked when I'm talking about AJ Styles, uh, saying that he will end his career in WWE. I mean, AJ has a lot of memorable moments from his time at Impact to Ring of Honor to New Japan to PWG, any other promotions. The dude ha- has done it all. He's done it all. But I, I just can't wait to see where his next chapter goes, whether he's going to be with his kids and train them or he's going to be at the PC helping the newer talent out and giving them advices. So that's a wait and see. Carl Anderson on Shinsuke Nakamura's generosity when he was flat out broke. Uh, You never know how someone can change your life when you least expect it. For Carl Anderson, meeting Shinsuke Nakamura was an incredibly fortunate experience. While speaking to Lillian Garcia on Chasing Glory, Carl Anderson talked about how he ended ended up in L.A. early on in his career. He spent pretty much all the money he had to get out to L.A., where he lived in a dojo and slept in the ring. Then he had an experience he will never forget with Shinsuke Nakamura, who was there at the time as well. It was two years, two years, it was terrible. This is Carl Anderson, and I quote, It was two years, it was terrible, like living in a dojo. You know, I had no money at all. Then there was a time when Shinsuke Nakamura was there too. 
I he had just come in from New Japan just to be there. He said, Carl, please let's go eat. I said, Shinsuke, I can't eat, buddy. I'm a little low on money. He says, what? No, come with me. Come with me, please. So we go. He takes me to an ATM and he goes, put in your card in your ATM. I said, I don't have any money in it. Please don't make me do it. He goes, put your card in the ATM. So I put it in. He goes, check balance. And I do. And I got like $14 in, the, in there. And goes, and he goes, what happened? I said, life, man. He says, I, I take care. And for like six months, he bought me food every single day. I could have gotten a job, right? The people there told me they didn't want me getting a job. They wanted me to... They wanted me training every day. Sometimes there would be food there. There's protein, so there was stuff, some stuff to eat, but Shin took care of me every night. Anderson said that he and Nakamura really clicked right away. They are about the same age, and Shinsuke had a contract with New Japan, but he was sent there to train. That's why he took Carl Anderson under his wing, which was something he didn't have to do. I like this, man. I like this. And it just goes to show how much of a nice guy Shinsuke Nakamura really is in person. And, like, I gotta tell you, man. I gotta tell you. That, like, Shinsuke, that was awesome. That was awesome. And I'm really glad Carl Anderson told that story. This makes me like Shinsuke Nakamura even more. And I just hope they use him in a prominent way instead of treating him like an afterthought. Like he did with, like they did with the U.S. title. Hope he brings some prestige to the uh, Intercontinental Champion, like he did in New Japan Pro Wrestling with the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Something that I don't even give a shit about. Total Divas. Why am I talking about this on the podcast? Because Ronda Rousey is confirmed for the Total Diva cast. E-Network confirmed in a press release today that Natalia, Naomi, Nia Jax, and Carmella will return to the show while Ronda Rousey and Sonya Deville will be added to the cast. The ninth season looks to be a big one as Ronda Rousey and her husband Travis Brown will be featured as well, so we'll get a lot of action. Let, let me just get it out the way. The reason why they added Ronda Rousey is because... They wanted ratings for Total Divas when they should just cancel Total Divas because nobody watches the show. I don't watch Total Divas. I don't watch Total Divas. Nobody watches Total Divas. And just like that, Ronda loses credibility right there just because they're desperate for getting ratings. You should just cancel the show for all I care because nobody gives a shit about reality shows. I don't watch reality shows anymore. They used to be cool back then, but now they're just not cool anymore. They're not cool at all. Why WWE book Stone Cold Steve Austin's return at Madison Square Garden? Simple. Why they're bringing him back on September 9th? Episode of Raw. This episode will air on... On the world-famous Madison Square Garden in New York City, the very good reason why Steve Austin was being called in is the same reason why they're bringing in The Undertaker is because of low-ticket sales WWE has experienced so far. Mike Johnson said, and I quote, A lot of people ask me, why is Steve Austin added to the Raw in the Garden? It's quite simple. They have not sold out the Garden. They 
they're half sold out for Raw, and they're a little bit less than half sold out for SmackDown. Based on the seating maps I've seen, so they're going to add some additional attractions to try and bring people in. This will be Steve Austin's first time back in Madison Square Garden, which is the place where he first hit Vince McMahon with a stunner all those years ago. And, of course, headline pay-per-views. They're including SummerSlam 98 against The Undertaker there and so on and so on and so on. So he's going to be there as a special attraction. I'm sure he's not taking any bumps. He's not going to be getting involved. He's probably there, just there to do something. WWE gets an extra hour for Raw. Therefore, they can't afford a long Stone Cold promo if that's what they want to do. The important takeaway is that despite the fact that the go- that this is the go-home show for Clash of Champions, which I'm about to shit on when I talk about Raw, Stone Cold Steve Austin won't be getting involved in any stories. We'll have to wait and see what what WWE and the Rattlesnake can work out, but it's not likely that he's being called to do anything except to plug straight up with Steve Austin on the USA Network and drink a few Broken Skull IPA beers. So there you have it. Low ticket sales, desperation to get get this show to sell out, and who knows, maybe the Rattlesnake might be interacting with a certain fiend. Just throwing that out there, if that's the case. Because you got to bring in Steve Austin in, not just for a cheap plug, but something like like the fiend. If And come back to this podcast, and I'm telling you, if the fiend attacks Steve Austin, you know where, where I talked about it. You know where I talked about it. Moving right along, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, well, first things first, I want to talk about Daniel Bryan for one quick second. One of them involves his dog, um, Josie. And this is sad news to uh, talk about it. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm going to read this from the official Instagram, so... This is Josie's mama. This is Bree, by the way. And I'm so sad to say this, but Jojo has passed away this morning. She left us peacefully, but unexpectedly. We weren't ready to say bye to her, but we are so grateful to have her in our lives. Like all of you, my husband and I treated Josie as our own little baby, spoiled her with love, treats, and cuddles. It's important that we all continue to give animals the love that they give us. Josie loved us unconditionally for seven years. Thank you, my sweet girl, for the love, joy, and the f- and fun you brought to us. We'll never forget you. So I want to send my condolences uh, to Brian and Bree for the loss of their dog Josie. And and like I said, I'm like I have a dog right here. I have my pet right here, and I can't even fathom what it's like to lose him because. I dealt with that one time. I don't want to talk about it. But luckily I'm taking good care of, of him. Even though he could be spoiled and rotten. And he's and he's just looking at me like. I know you did not just call me rotten. But I'm like. Make sure you love your pets guys. Because you never know how long they'll last. But moving along. Daniel Bryan. He talks about being. He misses being an independent wrestler and why this run with WWE is more enjoyable. So, he's, 
was speaking to Super Luchas. Daniel Bryan was asked if he missed being an indie wrestler. The pro wrestling climate is very interesting right now as the indies are growing in popularity and AEW is opening their doors. This is why adding Daniel Bryan to the pool of independent wrestlers could be a big move. Now, Daniel Bryan said, and I quote, Yes, I really miss all that. And one of the things that I miss is fighting with different people. Being independent, you can fight with you can fight with people you never faced before. And that's something I like. For example, on SmackDown, I struggled with Buddy Murphy. And I was exci- very excited because I had never fought him. As an independent fighter, my mind was always working. I don't know who, who this boy is. I don't know what he does. I've never been in this arena. I like those experiences. And it's also interesting because in spite of how great it is to fight at WrestleMania or fight tonight in uh, Bogota before 10,000 excited fans, I miss the feeling in independent events, even if there were only a few thousand or a few hundred. It is simply a different sensation. The former WWE champion admitted that he really misses being an independent wrestler. He doesn't get to wrestle the variety of opponents that he used to, that he used to either, which is a huge selling point for him. We'll have to wait and see what's next with WWE and Daniel Bryan can work out next, but it looks like he will have another important decision to make in three years. Now, I'm going to continue on with this story on why he this run with WWE is enjoyable. Now, again, he was interviewed by Super Luchas, and he revealed that he's having a lot of fun with this run. He seems refreshed and able to perform in the ring at a high caliber as well. Having balance in his personal life is really adding to his enjoyment as well. This is why he doesn't need to press himself at this stage in his career. Brian said, it's interesting because now I'm having a lot more fun because I already fought again with, with joy and that I have lost that I had lost, even with the character I have. I have a lot of fun because I've always loved the fight, but I always, but I feel that since I came back, I can't press myself. I go out, do things that I have loved since I was a child, knowing that I have more balance in my personal life with my wife and daughter, so the whole process is more enjoyable. Brian went on to reveal that At the stage in their lives, he's not looking for baby number two with Brie Bella anytime soon. He also really misses wrestling on the indies, so you never know what the next stage in his career could take him. At this point, Daniel Bryan says that that he has about three years left in his current WWE contract. The important part is that Daniel Bryan seems to be enjoying himself a lot, and it's ironic that he's being himself and preaching his personal his personal issues while getting a massive amount of heat, but that's another story. And, like, good on Brian. And I gotta be honest, man. Like, Daniel Bryan, if you miss the Indies, I, I don't blame you one bit. Like, I could see you mixing it up with a Kenny Omega, an MJF, a Phoenix, a Pentagon, a Brian Cage, a... A Okada, a Tanahashi, a Jay White, a Jeff Cobb, a Jay Lethal, Dalton Castle, just to name a few. Like, I would like to see those, I would like to see him mix it up with those guys. And 
yeah, I know he misses the indies, but look, if he's enjoying his WWE run, then we, I'm not going to complain about it as as long as he's happy. That's the only thing that matters. As long as he's happy because he could f- focus on his personal life, he could, uh, he could continue doing what he loves doing, and that's pretty much my take on it. Two WWE superstars currently in limbo. PW Insider's Dave Shear was asked about a couple of WWE superstars this week, and he had an interesting reply. Both superstars he was asked about are currently in limbo, according to him. Leo Rush was removed from the road after reports of backstage heat became the stuff of legend. He was taken out of his role as Bobby Lashley's mouthpiece and quietly sent home. Rush is still with WWE is still with WWE under contract, but he is not being used. He's focusing on his music and other projects, but it was noted that he is currently in limbo. Lars Sullivan went down with an injury just as he was heating up on television. This came after a huge controversy surrounding some bodybuilding message message board posts he made nearly decades ago. Sullivan was also fined $100,000 by WWE, which was not part of the storyline at all. This was a real fine that he needs to that he needs to pay off, but Law Sullivan won't be able to hack away at it at it much while out with an injury. It was noted that Sullivan is injured, but his status is also to be in limbo as well. Hopefully WWE will find the spot for the freak once he returns and he has a lot once he returns, he has a lot of things working to his advantage thanks to his size and unique look. Vince McMahon loves pushing guys who look like Sullivan, but we'll just have to wait and see what he decides to do. If I am WWE, I would personally send Leo Rush back to NXT. That's what I would do. I Like, that's what I would do. I mean, if you're not going to use him, let him out of his contract. Yes, he's focusing on his music, which I know I'm hearing positives about. There's some people who like his music. Um... Lars Sullivan, his case, I just don't know what they might have in store for him. I honestly don't know what they might have in store for the freak. But like I said, with Leo Rush or Lars Sullivan, send them to NXT. Since you got the TV deal, you could put them as a legit third brand. And it would be amazing if Leo Rush worked with guys like a Jordan Miles, an Angel Garza, Pete Dunne, just, those, just to name a few, an Adam Cole, a Johnny Gargano. Velveteen Dream, again, get that rematch, even though he was an enhancement at that time, but he impressed by showing his moveset, just to name a couple of, just to name a few of the NXT guys out there, so, like, like I said, if I'm WWE, send Leo Rush back to NXT, yeah, what he said about Emma, Tennille Dashwood, it's all in the past now, this time we gotta worry about the future, that's all I'm gonna say on that. The Usos expected WWE return date. The Usos have not been seen in several weeks, which is not a good sign for the WWE tag team, especially one of the most gifted teams on the planet. Jimmy Uso's recent DUI arrest got a lot of publicity, and then they took a break in television, as uh, Brad Shepard previously reported. It appears that their time off the road could be coming to an end soon enough. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that the Usos are expected back in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, they will be able to put put any messy legal issues behind them and get back their focus as one of the top tag teams in pro wrestling today. 
Now, Meltzer stated, and I quote, <clears throat> The Usos are out of action after Jimmy's most recent DUI arrest. They're expected back in a couple of weeks. Now, I hope that Jimmy Uso got his shit together and realizes that, yeah, I fucked up. I'm not going to be doing this shit ever again. And I think that should be a wake-up call for anybody. But hopefully they come back. Hopefully Jimmy Uso cleaned up this act and helped his dead tag team division, which is still dead. WWE planning a draft to determine permanent rosters. You get a nice golf clap for me. You get a nice golf clap for me. Because, like I said, I'm on that wait-and-see approach because you know Vince McMahon is going to have the mindset of changing his mind in the last minute. Hmm. WWE has multiple rosters, but the lines between Raw and SmackDown were really blurred thanks to the brand split, and it looks like that could be coming to an end soon enough. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that there's an idea right now to do another draft. This will build permanent... Raw and SmackDown rosters. It is reported that right now everything is being kept quiet, but when the decision is made, then Fox and USA Network will be the first ones to know about it. Said, and I quote, Right now there's a concept of another draft type of things to people... No, no, no. Another type of things to build permanent Raw and SmackDown rosters. What we were originally told is that they wouldn't be making major changes, but some changes... But this is Vince. WWE has a lot of options right now, but they definitely need to figure out their rosters. Raw and SmackDown will no longer be on the same network, and they will be on opposite sides on the, of the week as well. It will be interesting to see how WWE splits their superstars. Let's just see how long they go until making some sort of change or wildcard rule expectations. Here's how you do it. Universal. United States. Let's see, Universal, United States, on Raw, Intercontinental, WWE, Champions, SmackDown, Tag Team Division, Merge, Women's Division, Merge. Make it easier for yourself. Make it easy for yourself. That's all I'm going to say on that. Just make it easy for yourself. Like, hopefully this puts an end to this piece of shit wildcard rule because that killed the brand split. It killed it. Like a gun. WWE dropped a superstar push. Not even surprised by this. Um, Mike and Maria Kanellis signed a new WWE contract. Then they will go out that Maria is pregnant and with a couple seconds child. Maria did become the first ever pregnant champion in WWE for a bit. But since she dropped the t WWE 24-7 title, it seems as if WWE wrote Mike out of the story right along with Maria. Dave Meltzer discussed WWE seemingly dropping Mike Bennett's push on Wrestling Observer Radio. The company was obviously going somewhere, but it apparently didn't go far for the power of love. Meltzer said, and I quote, That one could actually kill a career. Yeah, Mike Kanellis' angle, that's a good question. It was going there hot and heavy, and then it just ended with no explanation. He's on 205 Live, not this week, but he's been on. Maria Canellis did need to check herself in the hospital uh, during the second pregnancy. She has made comments about how this one has not been as smooth as when she was pregnant with the, with the couple's first child. Perhaps that is the reason their continued absence as well. WWE could be waiting for Maria Canellis to return before giving Mike any kind of attention. This is a real shame, but WWE might have something written for both of them. At least Maria Canellis got to be... Got to bully her husband around a bit. 
while it lasted. See, that's what happens when you sign five-year deals. Yeah, you get everything nice and on a silver platter, but then it gets thrown into shit. Now, as for Maria's case, yes, the second pregnancy thing, it had a different effect on her body than it did in her first, uh, since she got her first child, but I hope everything is fine with her, and I think they're just there to take care, like Mike is just there to be there for her, but for his, I'm trying to say, <clears throat> Mike's trying to be there for her, and hopefully things work out well for Maria Canellis. For Miss Maria Canellas Bennett. But hopefully they have something planned for them when they get back. Because I know how good Mike Bennett is. Dude is really great as a heel. But man, his run in WWE is down the toilet. WWE considering international pay-per-view events. SmackDown Live's brand recently returned from South America tour. This was a great success and they could be going back soon. The Bogota Columbia house show actually sold out, which is a rarity in WWE nowadays. The event was also full of passion for the business, and a lot of people were talking about how great a, great of the crowd they were. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter um, noted that some people were talking about the company holding a taped show or a pay-per-view from Columbia because of how fantastic their crowds are. They said, and I quote, A lot of talent was talking about how amazing the crowd was, there were even talks of a television show taped there or a pay-per-view doing multiple shows next year. But for not only but for not only thing certain is one show next year. Whether they film a WWE Network special in Columbia or not, the company will be back. Their trip to Bogota was a huge energizer for the superstars who got to work in front of that crowd. Who really loves pro wrestling. I I think this is good. And now I honestly. Like if there's a lot of praise. I, I, I will love an international pay-per-view. I could think of one in Mexico. Think of one in Japan. Why not do it. Like they did one in Japan. In NXT. Beast in the East. They should do another one. They should do another one in Japan. Because Japan is a huge market. They could do one in China, just to name a few. But hopefully they do more international... If they do international pay-per-views, those are the names of lists I could see take place. Monday Night Raw was live in New Orleans at the Smoothie King Center, and who was there live? This guy had nice seats, by the way. Um, let's check the Phoenix poll. We have 17 votes in total. Um, 35% thumbs up, same for in the middle. 18% thumbs down, 12% didn't watch. I don't know what it is with this show, man, but I, I just, I don't know what it is. That That's all I can say. I just don't know. Now, before I talk about my live experience, um, I did miss the promo between Sasha Banks, but I did caught, go back and watch it, and the amazing match between Ricochet and Drew McIntyre even though the crowd did not get any reaction to it until the end. Just throwing that out there. I mean, there may be some reactions here and there, or they just lowered the crowd reaction when I watched it back. But Sasha Banks, the show opened with Sasha Banks, she cut um, this work shoot promo about why, why she left WWE. 
and pretty much she talked about the women's tag. Like she talked about the reports of Bird throwing a hissy fit at the after losing the women's tag titles, and she pretty much buried the women's tag team division. That's the best way I could say it. But the promo, it it really, it was really a meh for most people, and it, I just wanted more details, in my honest opinion. But who was behind the Sasha Banks's new character? Sasha Banks is, uh, let's see, Raw kicked off this week with a promo from Sasha Banks where she opened up to a lot of the rumors that were surrounding her. She admitted to laying on the ground and complaining as well as taking off after WrestleMania because she didn't like the company's creative decision. Wade Keller, who is a great man, by the way, of the Pro Wrestling Torch noted that Banks' promo was written by Paul Heyman himself. Heyman has reportedly been very involved what Banks since her return, and he is instrumental in how she's being presented. The idea is that she's owning up to her backstage antics and is using this as a way to further manipulate the storyline to make the boss a big heel. Paul Heyman is historically one to embrace outside-the-box thinking, and this storyline that merges reality and kayfabe appears to be another tool he is going to use to get Sasha Banks over in a big way. And be quite honest... That's not a surprise, but this was, but I think, I'm like, Paul Heyman, he's a great mind, but that promo really didn't do much for me, in my honest opinion. Even you had Becky Lynch calling out Sasha Banks on that, on that promo, because that promo wasn't that good. So, after she cut the promo, Natalia came out, they brawled, and by the way, Natalia buried Brad Shepard, and I enjoyed that. I enjoy that. I'm not going to talk about it. Just you look it up for yourself and you'll see why. <laughs> but this brawl, I rewatched it. It just wasn't, eh, I didn't really care about it that much. We had an gr- excellent match between Ricochet and uh, Drew McIntyre. You see what happens when you give these people time. And I honestly, th- I honestly thought McIntyre was going to win. I honestly thought McIntyre was going to win. But Ricochet winning... I'm absolutely okay with that. I am absolutely okay with that. Rickockets got that win. Now, this is when I came in live. Now, Braun and Seth talked about their win over the OC, a makeshift team that does that just doesn't make any sense, in my honest opinion. And Braun was staring at the Universal title, and Seth, like a dumbass... Like a dumbass, because Clash of Champions is that every single title has to be defended. And Seth, like a blithering dumb babyface who is ranked number one on PWI, by the way, and people are not liking that at all. Will Ospreay should be number one, thank you. So, they made the match official. It will be Braun Strowman versus Seth Rollins for the Universal title, and they have to defend their tag titles at Clash of Champions. I sat there, and I'm just like, Seth, you are an idiot. You are an, you are just a fucking idiot. So we have Baron Corbin versus The Miz. Now, let me give you guys an advice about The Miz's entrance when you do it live. When he says, awesome, like, right after the quiet on the set, can we please have quiet on the set? And right after he goes silent for a second, nobody should be screaming awesome just yet. When Miz starts screaming awesome... You scream it in sync. Just want to throw that out there. But this match with Baron Corbin, it was just, eh. That's the best way I could say it, just sitting there, eh. Baron Corbin won, and the thought about King Corbin 
let me go drink a couple of bleach and then vomit and then puke my own heart out until I die. We had Bailey versus Nikki Cross. The crowd, like, I was there. The crowd did not care about this. And rightfully so, because we've seen this match numerous times. We've seen it numerous times. Bailey won with a diving elbow drop. Seriously, Kyrie Sane makes her elbow drops look better than Bailey. Like, that was a macho man. Like, Bailey does a macho man esque elbow drop. But this match was boring. It really didn't do nothing for me. It did nothing for me. And then we get to the tag team turmoil match. I don't fucking know. Who came up with this idea? But this was more of a gauntlet than a turmoil. And another thing that irked me and when I was watching it was that WWE literally exposed themselves on how dead their tag team division is. Their tag team division is. And not only that, this proves this match proves that WWE does not give a shit about tag team wrestling. They don't. Now, it opened with the War Raiders versus the B teams. Now, the War Raiders. I feel so bad for Hanson and Rowe. I really do. And for him, for, like for both of them to come out to crickets. And do you know how painful it is to be that one guy trying to start a war chant? And everyone is just dead silent. <sighs> how the mighty hath fallen for... The War Raiders. And that's WWE's fault for calling them up when they shouldn't be called up in the first place. Send them back to NXT. And my God, man. Hearing the B-Team's theme live is so bad. It is so bad. This is like one of the worst wrestling themes I have ever heard in my entire life. Like, when you listen to that theme live, it's like you want to go grab some pom-poms, dress up as a cheerleader, do backflips, and just... It's like you're at a high school pep rally chanting, B-Team, B-Team, go, go, go! Oh my god. Curtis Axel, man. Like, you go back to Curtis Axel when he had that, when he had that reborn theme, which was really my favorite theme, and beat, and Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas, what the fuck happened to him? At this point, he should be teaming with Bray Wyatt. Like, the Fiend should come out, possess, like, Possess uh, Bo Dallas, and he's going to be part of the Fiend's Firefly Funhouse. I, I just don't understand this. Like, th- like here's the thing. The B team is a terrible team. It's the, like, this is a joke. And that's how WWE sees it. It's a joke. Now, this was a squash match. The War Raiders eliminated B team with Thor's Hammer. No, not the Viking experience. Thor's Hammer. Then the OC came out. They had a brawl. I did catch a nice slow-mo of Hanson hitting a suicide dive, which I did it at the perfect time. But they got ended, it ended in a double disqualification. And, I, and the crowd did not like this at all. And the crowd did not like this at all. So both men got eliminated. And I'm asking myself why. So we had Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler Versus Lucha House Party. The makeshift team of Rude and Ziggler beat Lucha House Party. Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado, Kalisto, how long are your contracts are coming up? Because at this point, I don't want you in WWE. Even though if you're happy where you are, where you're at right now, kudos to you. But at this point, you really need to think about leaving WWE for other 
for other great things, like an Impact. They could use a great tag team in Impact. Like, bring them there. So, it took one super kick, like, Grandma Talik was trying to do a handspring back elbow, and he eats a super kick, and that's it. The Revival come out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, aren't they supposed to be um, facing the New Day for the SmackDown tag team titles? Why are they in this go- Why are they in this turmoil gaunt- slash gauntlet match? I don't know. WWE logic. WWE logic. And of course the Revival lose. What else do you expect? Then Hawkins and Ryder came out. I'll just let you in on what happened. Of course, Hawks, like Hawkins and Riders, they lost. And of course, Heavy Machinery came out. And they lost. So the team of Root and Gable, out of all the tag teams that you got, you picked the makeshift team of Root and Gable. Now, let's let's just get into some tag team news. Why not the Street Profits? Why have why the Street Profits haven't wrestled on Raw yet? Dave Meltzer discussed on Wrestling Observer uh, on radio that the former NXT Tag Team Champions haven't worked a match on the main roster yet, but they have received plenty of screen time backstage and to the point where that seeing them doing that to the Street Profits makes me care less about the Street Profits. And at this point, I don't even want them to go to the main roster anymore. They... There is a reason for this, but we'll just have to wait and see what de- when WWE decides to finally let them wrestle. Melsus said, and I quote, Like I said, when they first started showing up on Raw, they're a, Paul Heyman- they're a Paul Heyman decision to do this, okay? Part of the idea was to have them not wrestle on the show. Then why do you even have them backstage? I mean, obviously, they will at, they will at some point, but not to wrestle on the show until the idea is, th- is I think, until they get over well, newsflash, it's not working. It's not working. They're not going to get over if you continue to do backstage segments. They're going to get over if you let them fucking wrestle. <sighs> because you would think that if they let them wrestle right away on the show, that they'd be a compunction to beat them right right away. Because that's what they do. Maybe if he figured they could do this and maybe get over as something special by... Special so by uh, the time they wrestle, it'll be a big deal. They won't just be some NXT team coming up. And it this doesn't make any sense. Seriously, it doesn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm sitting here, like literally, I'm baffled by this. Why not the Street Profits? I don't know. It's WWE. There's your answer. Now, a possible reason why Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, I'm not calling him Robert Roode, he is Bobby Roode in my eyes, why they teamed up. Dave Meltzer explained on the Wrestling Observer Radio that they needed wrestlers with the unique ability for the clash, for their Clash of Champions tag team title match. Heavy Machinery didn't meet those qualifications, so they picked two guys who could work around Braun Strowman. Meltzer, he said, and I quote, I don't think they want to do a match, a match with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman versus, against Heavy Machinery. You want to know why? Because Heavy Machinery is a SmackDown tag team. I don't think that's a good match for a pay-per-view. You could do the revival, but the one thing Rude and Ziggler, with Rude and Ziggler you got, the, you got there is you could put them in, in there with Strowman. And you know they'll, they'll know how to work around him and things like that. It's not going to be anything you have to worry about. Whether it is they came up with a team, the team was good, so that's cool. I think 
it's a good thing that they came up with a good team. So many times they've come up with bad teams. So what should we call um so what should we call um this team of this makeshift team of Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler? I don't know. But again, this still doesn't explain in my honest opinion, it doesn't explain why. You're just putting two teams together for the sake of putting two teams together for no reason. And here's another thing. They changed plans for the War Raiders on Raw. PW Insider notes that WWE had in- initially scheduled an enhancement tag team match for the War Raiders. However, those plans did not happen. Instead, the former NXT tag team champions were placed in a tag team term or a match. Now look, you don't need to do too many enhancement uh, talent matches. Like, because we know, I know how good the War Raiders are. WWE on the main roster is showing us that they, they, they don't value the War Raiders. And it's stuff like that that pisses me off the most. And here I am sitting. I'm sitting here. Where is um the Ascension? Better yet, where the fuck is Authors of Pain? Why not AOP? You want to know why? Here's why. Here's why. WWE decided against using AOP in a tag team turmoil match on Raw. AOP has not been seen on WWE television as a team since Aikum went out with an went out of action. He's all better now, but WWE still hasn't used the former Raw tag team champions. Brian Alvarez noted on Wrestling Observer Live that AOP was an option for last night's, well, not for last for Monday night's tag team turmoil match on Raw, but they weren't used. The logic behind not using AOP is another matter entirely. Alvarez stated, and I quote, My understanding is that the Authors of Pain were an option for last night, and they decided not to use them. But there's an, there's another team for you. Authors of Pain. Why are the Authors of Pain not tag team champions? That's a good question, Brian Alvarez. That is a good question. Yeah, they were Raw tag team champions, but did it do anything? No, it made them into laughing stocks with AOPP. When Drake Maverick pissed his pants. This shows you how much WWE does not give a shit about tag team. Well, I know there's people in the back that gives a shit about tag team wrestling. But this shows you that Vince McMahon in general does not give a flying fuck about tag team wrestling. And it shows. Yeah, let's put a makeshift team against another makeshift team. Just merge the fucking tag team divisions. And let it be competitive. This is ridiculous, man. You wonder why I complain. You wonder why I complain. And I'm going to rant after I talk SmackDown. So continuing on. Continuing on. We had a Sasha Banks versus Natalia. This, like, I love seeing Sasha Banks' entrance. It's just, it's awesome. It really is. Seeing it live is just awesome. Now, the match, there was one part of the match when Sasha took a wicked Released German suplex. And she oversold the shit out of it. But the end of this match saw uh, Sasha Banks hit the bank statement. And that was it. Typical match. We had a great match involving Cedric Alexander and Cesaro. And sad thing is, I was into it. Half the crowd wasn't. And that really pained me. And of course, we had the United States Championship on the line. Braun Strowman versus AJ Styles. AJ Styles pulled the Eddie Guerrero. I loved it. But at the end, the OC was left laying in the ring by Braun Strowman. The OC looked like bums 
And it pained me so much to see Gallows and Anderson, who are a great tag team, if you look back at their time in New Japan, and AJ Styles, who is phenomenal in the ring and great in the ring, it's laying there by one guy. Like, I just sat there like, what a way to end this shit show. So, what happened after Raw went off the air? AJ Styles, can't, AJ Styles, OC, came up. They were entertaining us. I, and this was the best part about the, my experience Raw, with Raw on, uh, on Monday Night Raw. So, and sadly, when it wasn't taped, AJ Styles was looking for some hot mamas. There was this one woman in the front that was li- literally beautiful. And... He's like, I bet Gallows could get a kiss from from this beautiful lady, this hot mama right there. And lo and behold, Gallows got a kiss from this beautiful lady. And Gallows, you are that woman's a lucky person. And Gallows is one lucky man. <laughs> and sadly, that was the best part about that entire Raw experience I had live. But why did you go to the show anyway? Well, maybe because I want to talk about it to give you my pers- my perspective on on what you you can see live. And I know there's many people that that could do that as well, but this show was not that good. It really wasn't. And I couldn't say the same for SmackDown Live, which took place in Baton Rouge. In um, this Raising Cane Center, we had 30 votes in total, 17% thumbs up, 37% in the middle, 27% thumbs down, 19% didn't watch. I don't know what it is with SmackDown as well. Now, Vince McMahon, he wasn't backstage, but apparently he tore up the script for SmackDown and demanded a rewrite. Ladies and gentlemen, what happens when you tear up a script on SmackDown, a a script that could have been good, and it gets torn up by Vince McMahon? What does that equal? A terrible fucking show. Now, Dave Meltzer... Reports that tonight that SmackDown Live was very heavy on Vince McMahon's input. In fact, he was tearing up tonight's show. He tore up that show, so he had a lot of changes to make. Vince was tearing up SmackDown tonight's show, good or bad. This is a heavy Vince show tonight, and it showed. It fucking showed. Now the show opened with Kofi Kingston. It opened with Kofi Kingston talking about um how he hit trouble in paradise out of nowhere, and I, 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 like, here's the thing. Randy Orton, when he came on the Titantron, I thought this was the best part of the promo. Not Kofi, but Randy Orton. He came out. He was calling him stupid, and he got a letter that he usually doesn't reply to, but it just warmed his heart, and that was the dick-like sarcasm of Randy Orton. He, it warmed his heart, and he had to read it. And... I'm going to cue the background music for a sec. Dear Mr. Orton, stop hurting Kofi Kingston. Kofi isn't stupid. Kofi is a good man. But you are a mean man, Mr. Orton. So mean that you make my hero, Kofi Kingston, cry at night. Warms you by the heart right here. You want to know how I know this? Because Kofi Kingston isn't just my hero. Kofi Kingston is my daddy. Signed, Kai. 
So that was the um, the letter that Randy read, and it and he's like, maybe I should pay a visit, and that got in Kofi's skin. They brawled in gorilla position, which Randy left them laying. Randy Orton playing the mind games, and here's a little fun fact, guys. That promo was actually the same. It was a throwback to a promo that Roddy Piper did when he read a letter from a fan of Jimmy Snooker, which turns out to be Jimmy Snooker, one of Jimmy Snooker's kids. And that, and I like that little callback that they did. So, so that's a little fun fact for the day. We had an excellent match, no surprise here between Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy. This match was fucking fantastic. And it relived the great days that these guys had in 205 Live. There was this one spot in the match where Buddy Murphy was draped in the middle of the rope. Ali, I don't know if this guy is human or not. He hit a f- beautiful fucking tilt-a-whirl tornado SDDT, tornado draping DDT, and finished it off with a 450 splash, which was fucking fantastic. This was awesome. And sadly, this was the best part about this entire show. And apparently, Buddy Murphy surprised a lot of people backstage because <clears throat> FIFO Select, they talked about this, if I'm correct. Yeah, FIFO Select reports that many people backstage in WWE were surprised at how big he looked in the ring. Like, Murphy isn't on 205 Live anymore, so he doesn't have to stay so slim now that he can bulk up now because he was around 230 pounds and while he was in NXT, however, he stayed around 215 now. And he made a big impression, like I said, like he made a big impression against Roman Reigns in which Roman Reigns paid respect respect to him and Daniel Bryan. And people really like Buddy Murphy. Now, I don't know where this is going to lead to Buddy Murphy next, but it seems to me that it might be all they wrote for Buddy Murphy. Hopefully, hopefully they continue. Like, give me Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy, goddammit. That way you can stop having him trapped in a fucking uh, locked door in a dark room closet asking for someone to pick a fight with him. Can so- can Buddy Murphy knock on his door? No, 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 knock on my door. No, 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 knock on my door. Knock on his door, damn it. Can you imagine Alistair Black versus Bunny Murphy if you don't let them, if you don't handcuff them? That's going to be a takeover-esque worthy pay-per-view WrestleMania match, even if it was for a title or not. So we had a backstage segment with um, Bailey and Ember Moon, and Lacey Evans says that she's the face of the women's division. <laughs> Give me a break, man. The only thing you're the face of is having that mute button be magical. So we had The Miz versus um, Nakamura being confirmed at Clash of Champions. Miz was supposed to have a match against Sami Zayn, but but this all led to a match between him and Shinsuke being confirmed at Clash of Champions. Babyface Miz is boring. He is boring. And it will not surprise me if they give Miz the Intercontinental title. Because that's not going to do anyone any favors. That title is dead. Unless you build some fucking care into said title, then maybe we, we can talk. Maybe we can talk. But as of now, this title is not is not in that prestige form. Because they haven't done any favors with him and Nakamura. 
with that title in Nakamura. Now, also, the pairing with Sami Zayn. I'm still intrigued by it, but at the same time, like, I'm indifferent. Like, like, I'm just indifferent about it. Like, I want to enjoy it, but... Because I know how good Sami Zayn is on the mic, and he could use an... He could use that um, mouthpiece. Like, Nakamura could use that mouthpiece in Sami Zayn because the dude is is uh, a phenomenal promo. But what are the plans for Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn? Well, WrestleVotes reports that an idea floating around for Sami Zayn's current storyline with Shinsuke Nakamura, even though Sami Zayn is a Raw guy, um, could be something similar to the Festival of Friendship. Now, this is what they tweeted. One of the ideas I've heard when the Zayn Nakamura storyline was decided upon was to eventually resemble that of Jericho and Owen's friendship from a few years ago, leading to a big, big-time blow-off match. However, I'd be surprised if this story lasts all the way through Mania. Now, the question I have, like, I don't know. Nakamura should be the babyface here and bring back his his great theme that he had in NXT, bring that back because that was the best one. Now, I don't have a problem with his recent one, but his older theme was fantastic. But if this leads to their match for the Intercontinental title on which Sammy has been a loser, and and this leads to them facing each other at TakeOver, like at WrestleMania and a TakeOver S match, I'll be okay with it. I'll be okay with it. We had Bailey defeating Lacey Evans in 12 minutes. This got more time than Mustafa Ali and uh, Buddy Murphy. I don't know why. And I, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan of Lacey Evans. They called this woman up too early when she could be staying in NXT. Just saying and getting better in the ring. Yes, she did that jumping top rope moonsault, which you could say is a fantastic move. And here's another thing I want to mention. Charlotte Flair, she came out at ringside, and she does not look like Charlotte Flair. She looks completely different. She looks completely different. And I don't know what it is. Like, I thought it was Carmella. Like, I shit you not, when I was watching this, I thought it was Carmella standing at ringside. But, nope, it was Charlotte Flair. Now, we had Randy Orton versus Big E. Now, Big E, he cut a serious promo, and he was slapped. And there was one part of the match where he got him in an abdominal stretch, and he was spanking Randy Orton's ass. Yeah, so much for serious, though, right? But the Revival came out. They uh, distracted um, They distracted Big E. Randy hit the RKO to win. Post-match, they hit a shatter RKO. On Biggie, and that was pretty much it. A match that I was looking forward to, Chad Gable versus Shelton Benjamin, disappointed me because this match was rushed. Chad Gable picked up the he picked up the win, and he's going to be facing Andrade, which I hope is a fantastic match. And Roman Reigns, we closed out the show with Roman Reigns. I wonder how long he's been walking to get to the arena. I, that's what I was thinking because he was walking this long to get to the arena, to get to the ring. I wonder how long that took. So, Roman Reigns, he found out who did it. He they, he rolled the footage of Rowan throwing the soundboard, uh, like, pushing the soundboard right after uh, the stage fell on Roman. And Daniel Bryan was livid that he sl- constantly slapped, uh, that he constantly slapped uh, Eric Rowan. 
and he's trying to say, look, I did not know this was going to happen, but but Roman Reigns speared him, and we all knew it was going to be Daniel Bryan. I don't know what it is with Raw and SmackDown. I don't know what it is with Raw and SmackDown, guys. Now, SmackDown's going to be moving to Friday. That's going to be changing my um way of recording right now. Thanks a lot, Fox. But it's going to be moving to Friday, and I, I just don't know what it is. There are people on in the wrestling community that are literally saying that I'm literally tired of Monday Night Raw. I, I'm going to watch something else. And they're, they're, I, I don't blame them. I'm sorry. I don't blame them. If you're tired of WWE, you cross the battle line, you're going to jump ship to another promotion, that's fine by you. And I don't know what it is with Raw and SmackDown. I, I just think Vince doesn't want to get better. He refuses change. He honestly refuses to change. And when you refuse to change, that's going to be your downfall. You're not letting people leave your company because you're afraid of AEW. You're treating tag team wrestling like shit. The women's division is just bad because you're not booking women like Asuka, like Kyrie Sane, like a Liv Morgan, a Naomi, anyone I could think of. The women's division is suffering right now. The tag team division is dead on the main roster. Thank God for NXT for now. Thank God for NXT. Like, I, I don't understand this. Like, how can you produce a show like this? And be okay with it. Seriously. That goes for Raw and SmackDown. How can you produce a show and just say, Yep, we did good. That's it. You're not caring about the fans. It shows that you don't care about the fans. It shows that you care for an audience of one person. And that's Vince McMahon. I hope to God someone talks some sense into Vince. And let him realize that what you're doing is wrong. And I hope to everything... That Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn don't get near NXT. Because this is the best thing that WWE has right now. Oh my goodness, man. Oh my goodness. That was just a minor rant for that day. That was just a minor rant. They This got me fired up. Like, you can watch AEW. But I'm supporting wrestling in general. All I want from WWE is to just change you're going to be following the leader when AEW starts on TNT with their tag team division. You're going to start following the leader. Be like, we need to take our tag team seriously. What, it took you this long to realize that? This makes no sense, man. Seriously. This makes no sense. I just hope WWE gets their shit together and realize that the amount of fans you're constantly drawing away it's your own doing. I hope that they get their shit together. Because I know there's people that's going to be saying, I don't know how much longer I can take watching WWE. October is around the corner when AEW hits on television. I'm just letting you know right now. I am letting you know right now. That way you don't have to worry about uh, Raw or SmackDown or how WWE's been booking talent. You could watch AEW and see how they do it right. But I'm not going to say AEW's all perfect because I'm going to do what I do best and I'm going to critique. I'm going to critique. And I'm going to say what I have an issue with like I do with WWE or any other promotion. That's how, 
that's how we're going to roll. That's how we're going to roll. NXT, let's talk about that for a second. There's a couple of news coming from NXT. Um, NXT on USA Network could cancel main roster call-up plans. Dave Meltzer noted on the Wrestling Observer Radio that customary call-ups might not happen like they used to after NXT moves to the USA Network. WWE doesn't want to give the impression that NXT superstars aren't good enough for the main roster. This could cancel a big call-up that was in the cards for Shayna Baszler. Shayna, at her age, do they move her up? And I know Shayna was going to be moved up. That's all Meltzer had to say. Meltzer also noted that there are also members of the main roster who would rather be in NXT. I can make a list of names. EC3, Apollo Crews, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, Aleister Black, the War Raiders. The list can go on and on and on. But you know what I'm about to say. You know what this has to be said. It's... It's ridiculous, but if it wasn't for the drastic change in salary, they might pull for the change uh, stronger. We'll just have to wait and see what WWE decides to do because things could be changing in more ways than one because of the Wednesday Night Wars. Now, like I said, those list of names that I mentioned that want to go back to NXT, that would benefit so much more than what they're doing on the main roster because clearly... It shows that Vince McMahon does not give a shit about them, but as soon as he gets his hands on NXT, he's going to kill it. And they're not going to win this war. But moving along, NXT superstars not clamoring to make the main roster jump. Now, Dave Meltzer continued on the Wrestling Observer Radio that there are some people in NXT who are not clamoring to making a main roster jump right now. The thought is that they don't want to risk dwindling the obscurity just for an extra pay. And that's the smart move you should make. Now, Melissa said, and I quote, I know there are guys, I don't know who they express it, but it probably wouldn't be difficult to figure out who they are not clamoring to go up there because they know they're not going to be happy. And just the names of lists that I, just the name of guys that, just the name of few guys, for example, like I did with uh, who want to go back in NXT. They're happy, but they're making one-third of the money and probably less than one-third. Certain NXT superstars could be making three times as much money, but they aren't clamoring to go up. They they would much rather be in NXT than be misused on the main roster. Let's just see if the NXT move to the USA Network might change things soon enough. So, like... And... I don't blame the NXT superstars. <laughs> like, I would rather stay in NXT because NXT is way better than the WWE for now. Just like Adam Cole said it is. Because that's the God honest truth. NXT is way better than the WWE. And NXT show this week was great. It was great. So, we had a new recruit. I know Santana Garrett. She's ready to be... She's ready to... uh make her NXT debut pretty soon. I can't wait to see what she does on NXT because the woman is fucking phenomenal. She's like, if there was a list of women that I wanted to meet and just talk to, it's Santana Garrett. I I see big potential in her on NXT. Future, hashtag future NXT women's champion. Adam Cole. Now this, Seth Rollins, is how you should be a professional, you stupid gat. Adam Cole on NXT being ready for Wednesday Night Wars. 
Now, he was on Busted Open Radio. Adam Cole opened up about how cool it is to see NXT's growth. He has only been around for a short time compared to some, but they have continued to increase their brand, and now the USA Network will take things to another level. Adam Cole said, and I quote on this part, One of the coolest things for me is seeing the growth of the brand as time has gone. I mean, even even since I got here two years ago until now, obviously with the jump to the USA Network, it's like month by month, there's been little things where the brand has continued to grow, where more and more people have checked it out and watched it. I stand by the fact that Bell to Bell NXT puts on the best shows on the planet, and he's not lying. Adam Cole's not lying, by the way. I stand by that. I'm really proud of our group. Cole was very proud of the NXT team as they make the move to the USA Network on September 18th. When Mark Henry brought up AEW and how excited it must be going going to war on Wednesday nights, Cole concerned it will also create a lot of competition to be better no matter what company you're working for. And this is what Adam Cole said. Sure. Yeah, so the first thing, first and foremost, the big reason NXT's gone to where we have, of course, there's no question, and obviously there will be a lot of comparisons. We're going live the exact same time as AEW. There, there's no, there's a new Wednesday Night Wars or whatever people are calling it. But NXT did get to the USA Network based on what the work, based on the work within NXT, and. I can't li- I can't lie and say I agree with Adam Cole. Like Adam Cole, he's like this is how you handle things in a professional standpoint. Cause Seth Rollins, like, oh I'm oh he's taking food off of our plate. Or Roman Reigns saying, oh AEW is not competition. Like this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Cause yeah, you acknowledge them, but you don't treat them like garbage. I mean Adam Cole knows that. He has friends that work there, but. Adam Cole, he's very proud of what he's doing in NXT, and I cannot lie, because there are times when sometimes takeovers are better than some of the pay-per-views on AEW. Like, I'm not saying anybody's perfect, but I just say support both, because I love NXT, I love AEW, I can't choose one. That's all I'm going to say. I support Adam Cole, I support some of my favorites in AEW, like the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, and many others. So, that's my stance on it. Now, Matt Hardy talked about the Wednesday Night Wars, and he said, I think it's good for the industry, the performers, and the fans. Competition forces everyone to be more creative and work harder, and he is absolutely right. He is absolutely right, and I agree with Matt Hardy 100%. So, that's just the minor news right there. WWE considering bringing NXT superstars to Raw. WWE has been considered bringing NXT superstars to WWE's Raw program and and to draw attention to the brand. According to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, there are a couple of reasons WWE is considering this move. Meltzer said, and I quote, It will lead to more interference from the NXT people's own vision. It was described that Paul Levesque's dream of creating a legit third brand on his own just came true. But now he has to play defense to keep... Vince and Bucky McBeaver, Timmy Turner, Doothface, Kevin Dunn, influence away. The school of thought is that is also out there that NXT shouldn't want to cross, uh, to cross, um, pollinate with Raw superstars because it would establish them as a secondary brand. This is this is all WWE's decision at this point, but they will 
definitely be plugging NXT a lot on on the upcoming months of the Wednesday Night Wars. And like like we said, Triple H like like we say Triple H is trying hard not to let WWE change NXT after USA move because this is his baby. This is his baby. It's the same quote. And he doesn't want anyone he doesn't want a damn thing changed. He's got his team working on NXT, so why would you want to change it? Like don't change what's you can't like don't break anything that's good. Like don't make any change that's good. And I honestly think Triple H knows this. Like even if you bring in guys from NXT to come and come on Monday Night Raw, like some people won't know who these guys are. But I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope things work out well. But NXT was a really good show. Not no, not a really good show. It was a great show. I enjoyed this show. The show opened with Io Shirai versus uh, Cammy Fields. For those who don't know, that is Holiday, one half of Twisted Sisters. Let me just say this, man. I fucking love Io Shirai. I really do. I love her new look. I love her new theme. I love her new entrance. Her attire is fantastic. Like, and I honestly think she's one of the greatest to ever step foot in a pro wrestling ring. Period. End of story. But I love in the match where Io Shirai hits the moonsault, which is picture perfect, by the way. Io Shirai hits a better moonsault than Charlotte Flair. Don't at me. And... She picks Cammy Fields up, like, yeah, I know I could beat you with that, but I'm just going to put you in a Koji clutch instead, and that was it. I love Io Shirai, man. Why is this woman not the NXT Women's Champion is question. So many questions. Why is she not the NXT Women's Champion? But this was good. Now, post-match, she was going to attack Cammy with the uh, candlestick, but Candice LeRae makes the save and, try, and runs Io out of the building. Now, we had an excellent match between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Dominic Dijakovic got a new theme, by the way. And this match, holy shit. If I could recommend this match, I recommend this match. This was a takeover-worthy match. They put on a classic at the Full Sail crowd. Keith Lee, man, hit a beautiful avalanche Spanish fly off the top. For a close near fall. Like, I, I could go on and on about this match, but it, it is so damn good. It is so damn good that I would absolutely recommend watching this match. And I and now, Keith Lee, he's been on the losing end as of late. Hopefully, if there's a title opportunity, like, if one of them is the champion, say, the North American champion, and they elevate that title to much bigger importance and other guys are... Looking at that title, the same with the NXT Championship, and they see this match between Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. Holy shit, man! You could expect even more from these guys. I think this is great. I thought this was fantastic. This was absolutely fantastic to the third degree. I would recommend watching this match. Dominic Dijakovic, he got the win with Feast Your Eyes, and let's see where they go from here. Maybe Dominic Dijakovic versus Damian Priest. Just throwing it out there. We had we had a video package talking about Johnny Gargano. And after all of that, we had Shane Thorne coming out saying, why isn't no one talking about my wins against Jakeem Wilde and Bronson Reed? Like, Johnny Gargano's nothing but the past. We should worry about the future. We should worry about me. 
this is pretty much setting up Johnny Gargano versus Shane Thorne in the future. Now, we have Shayna Baszler. She was going to come out. She's coming out with Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke. She was about to say something, but Rhea Ripley, the crowd can't, was losing their fucking minds. And seeing how Rhea Ripley progressed, man, she is going to be a huge star. Believe me. Believe me. She grabbed the mic. She says, look, I know you're going to come out here and say that you've beaten everybody on NXT, but you haven't beaten me, bitch. And throws the mic down. The crowd went nuts. Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship. Take my motherfucking money. And I was watching JD, and he brought up a really nice idea. If Rhea Ripley wins the NXT Women's title, what if we get Tegan Knox versus Rhea Ripley? That would be intriguing. And I would absolutely be okay with that. I think there would, these two would have a match that that should have finished in the uh, Mae Young Classic. But I think this would be good, man. This is going to be good. But it's a wait and see. I can't wait to see what they do. So next week, we're going to have Adam Cole taking on uh, Jordan Miles for the NXT Championship. This should be good. Finally, our main event, we had the Undisputed Era versus the Street Profits. This was a good match. The Undisputed Era are your three-time, count them, three-time NXT Tag Team Champions. The prophecy is almost completed. All Roddy needs to do is win the North American Championship. And the funny thing is, they didn't even need Adam Cole or Roderick Strong to help them win. They did it by themselves. Hey, uh, guys on Raw and SmackDown, that's how you book credible heels. Just throwing it out there. Now, that was the end of NXT. I, I did watch 205 Live. The only match I wanted to see was Humberto Carrillo versus Oni Lorcan. This was a good match, except that the crowd was pretty much half dead. But Humberto Carrillo, he got the win, and he will be challenging Drew Gulak at Clash of Champions for the Cruiserweight Championship. So this should be pretty good. NXT UK, Cesaro, he will be making an appearance at NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. I just, I'm, I'm excited for this. He should probably just stay there permanently. Probably form a team with Cassius Ono. Hmm. Or we might see a match between him and Pete Dunne. Take my moolah. So the show had Ia Dragunov bouncing back from his loss from Cassius Ono. Getting a win against Tyson T-Bone. We had Joseph Connors. I blame you, Joe Hendry. I blame you. Joseph Connors defeated Oliver Carter. And the rest of the show was pretty much the hype building towards NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. And Jordan Devlin defeating Kenny Williams in a really good match. Also, I will watch that Prime Target UK TakeOver Cardiff. That is re- That was really good. Really, really good. I can't wait to see what they have in store for us this, this Saturday. But I'm getting out of here. I'm literally exhausted because, yeah, I'm still tired after working that Saints game. Uh, But anyway, hope you guys like this podcast. Um, You can find me on Twitter at ShinoDPhoenix. Like the Facebook page. No one's ready for wrestling. Follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. Support the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcasts, whatever podcast platform you listen to. Support this podcast, share it with your friends, and this is and our next week is going to be really busy. It's going to be really busy because 
I want to cover Evolve 133 and 134 because uh, I want to give my want to give you guys my thoughts on it because Evolve has been putting on great shows. They never disappoint me at all. And I'm going to be talking about NXT UK TakeOver and AEW All Out and Royal Quest. Well, the Royal Quest part, I will talk about that on episode 29. So until then, if I have the chance, by the way, if I have the chance to watch it. So until then, guys, take care, be safe, be good, support professional wrestling no matter what promotion you watch. Support me on this journey as a podcaster, and I will see you guys next week. Also, I want to thank my sponsor, Anchor. They've been the best sponsor of this podcast. I totally forgot to do that in the introduction, but you're going to see an ad after the end of this podcast, but Anchor has been the best sponsor of this podcast. They are my best friends. They help me distribute my podcast to other listening platforms, and it's really easy to sign up, but you'll hear what I have to say about it at the end. So until then, guys, take care, be safe, be good. I'll talk to you guys later. See you next next time for episode 29 of No One's Ready for Wrestling. I'll talk to you later. Have a great day, guys.